Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. It's a common mistake for many people to think that there's something that they have to do to gain acceptance with God. An individual may rightly begin to realize a sense of need in their own soul, a need to have matters settled with God, a need to have their sins forgiven. Maybe you're listening to Anchor Point today with a desire to have the salvation that the Bible speaks of. Or maybe you're merely curious about these things, but either way, we're glad that you've tuned in because today's broadcast will have many of the answers that you're looking for. Evangelist Gaius Goff looks at the basic elements of the gospel message. First of all, the reality of sin. Then the need for repentance. And then finally the provision God has made to make us right with himself. And then man's responsibility to respond to God's offer. Do you want to be clear about God's way of salvation? Then let's listen to this message today entitled, The Gospel. I'm going to read to you about the gospel in the book of Mark, beginning in chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Down in verse 14, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now, gospel means something good is being spoken. Something good is going on. A lot of bad stuff going on in the world, but there's a lot of good things too, because the gospel is going on around the world. And so we read here of the source of the gospel. Turn to the middle book, our chapter of Mark. That's chapter 8. And we're going to read again about the gospel. So the source of the gospel is good news concerning Jesus Christ. Notice in chapter 8, And verse 34, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall a son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels. Now turn over to the last chapter of Mark, chapter 16. So in chapter 1, the beginning is the source of the gospel. This is good news from God. In the middle of the book, we have the impact of the gospel. You'll either save your life or lose it, depending on what you do with the gospel. And here at the end, we'll read at verse 15, And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. So in chapter 1, the source of the gospel. It comes from God. In chapter 8, right in the middle of the book, the impact of the gospel. Some people will save their lives and others will lose their soul. And in the last, we read of the result of the gospel. Some in heaven and some damned. You've got to talk kind of straight. It's part of what it is to talk to people. I recall one time going into a hospital with a man and his wife. They got checked out by the doctor, and he came out and left the man's wife in the doctor's room. And the doctor came out, and he said to him, he said, your wife's got cancer. If she'll stay here today, I believe I can operate tomorrow. So do you want me to tell her, or do you want to tell her? And this man turned to me, and he said, would you go in and tell my wife? I said, yeah. We were friends. So I went in, I sat down, I said, Annie, I said, you got cancer. I said, the doctor says if you'll stay here today, you'll operate tomorrow. And as far as he's concerned, if you'll do it now, the problem will be over shortly. And he gives lots of hope for a long life. If you put it off, he can't give you much proof of what could happen. So she said, I'm going to stay and have it done tomorrow. Smart woman. And if a doctor came and said something like that to you, the wise person would immediately consider their future and determine, was that good news from that doctor or bad news? Well, the message was that there's a problem that needed to be faced. And that's what preachers do. We have to define the problem. Between you and me and God, there's this big cloud called sin. Used to sing it with children. S-I-N is a very little word. It always spells disaster. You must leave it very much alone or will become your master. And that black cloud of separation from God is your sin and mine. And that we cannot help. That woman didn't bring cancer on herself. She couldn't help getting it. But she could do something about it. And that's what the gospel is about. Was it good news that that doctor told her that she had cancer, or was it bad news? Well, you say it could be both good and bad. That's right. And so is it good news that I have to tell you, because I love you in Christ's name, that if you are not a Christian, if you are not saved, if you've never been born again, you cannot go to heaven because of sin. Is that good or bad news? You say that's kind of bad. But not only that, the Bible says our sin will find us out. So we can't whitewash it over and hope it'll go away on its own. You know, and I know, that it gets worse and worse and worse the longer it lasts. You and I can't handle our own sin problem. We have to have somebody bigger and better than us who has more power and has the ability to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That's the gospel. The source of the gospel is God. God tells preachers here and all over the world, you fellows spread around the world and tell the people that in spite of the fact that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, there's some good news on the go. That Jesus began, as we read preaching the gospel and making it very plain and simple. He said, repent ye and believe the gospel. 
He's not saying crawl on your hands and knees. And he's not saying that you've got to do a whole change of life. He's simply saying you've got a problem. And the word repent, when we read that word, simply means call a halt. Because repentance is necessary. A person has to face the wrong before they do what's right. And that word repentance is necessary before the gospel will mean anything to you. That means that we've got to change our mind about the problem of sin. Sin is not just a case of the hiccups. And because everybody might be involved in some form of sin, and you say, well, I don't do as bad as they are. I've never killed anybody or robbed a bank, and I don't commit adultery, and I tithe, and I go to church, and I pray my prayers. One man told me, he said, I've never been that drunk that I didn't say the Lord's Prayer before I went to bed. That didn't do him one bit of good. It was all just a fake form. There was no repentance. But repentance means I face this fact. Something has happened to me that I cannot handle. I have been born a sinner. And I've got a nature that goes to it like a duck goes to water. But I can call a halt. And that's where repentance starts. A person is honest enough to face themselves in the mirror of God's word, and saying, I am a sinner, and sinners don't go to heaven. That must be taken away. Well, here's where repentance comes. Repentance is a person begins to think differently than they did before. And they recognize, you know, I've been wrong. You know, there's problem that comes up oftentimes among people, and they, they seem to think that adultery and lying and cheating and covetousness aren't a real serious problem because everybody does it. Now, if somebody goes out and deliberately commits mass murder, well, then we would say, boy, what a, what a, what a bad man. Now, just wait a minute. Do you think... If you went to heaven with your sins, that you'd find it very comfortable. Could you imagine walking down a street in heaven and there's the Lord coming towards you and would you want to raise your hand and say, well, Lord, or would the sin problem being there stop you? And you'd try to find a place to hide. God's not going to take sinners into heaven because there's no place there to hide from the Lord. And there really, there's no place to hide here. It's just that here you can't see him. So repentance means I face the fact intellectually that I'm wrong and I stop. But it doesn't only mean that. It means that there comes sorrow for sin. Not only am I wrong, but I, I admit that I'm wrong and I, I'm, I'm sorry for that. I, it's, it convicts me. And then a person turns from their sin to God. The Bible says it like this. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he'll have mercy to our God, and he'll abundantly pardon. Man that I preached with one time, there was a lady, and he wanted to go and visit her, and so he went into this older lady's house, very dignified lady, church lady, you know, and he went in, and she said, well, I'm very glad to see you, and he came in, sit down, and I'll make a cup of tea. So here they are sitting in the living room, and she brings this cup of tea, and they're having this little chat, and he said, um, uh, have you ever, have you ever been saved? Oh my no, she said. Why not? Well, I don't need to be. I'm a good person. 
What do you mean? You've, you've never sinned? Well, she said, nothing serious. She said, I, I sing in the choir. She said, I'm 75 years old and, and I've taught Sunday school. I pray every, at every meal over my food. And she said, I don't hurt anybody. And I pay my bill and I help the neighbors. She said, I, I don't need that. So he said, you have never in your life prayed? Oh, she said, I pray all the time. Well, he said, have you ever prayed and said, Lord Jesus, thank you from the bottom of my heart for dying on the cross for my sins. She says, no, that's not in our prayer book. No, he said, I'm not talking about your prayer book. I'm talking about you. Have you ever prayed anything like that before God? She said, well, no. Well, he said, all I can say is you're a very, very ungrateful woman. And the color started coming up the side of her neck, around her ears, and her face turned red. And he said, I didn't know whether she's going to hit me or what. I knew she was upset. She reached over and set down her cup and saucer of tea on the, on the little table there. And she said, you will have to excuse me. She got up and walked out of the room. Now here's this preacher sitting there by himself in this house. and He said she went up the stairs. And he said uh, she was gone quite a while. And he said, I was just getting ready to leave. I thought I better slip on out and go over and wait over by the ferry. And he heard her coming back down the stairs. And he said when she came out through that door, he said I could see on her face that something had happened to that woman. It was like the sunrise. And she said... I did it. I really did. Thank him for dying for me. She said, I never realized that I had been doing all of this on my own without God. And all the time, I needed Christ. So do you. And if you gain this whole world, if you win the lottery, in fact, if you won five of them, and if you won every football game or hockey game you've ever played in or race you've ever run or business deal that you've ever tried, if you win them all and lose your soul, what will you have? Nothing. If you gain this world and lose your soul, you leave this world empty-handed with nothing for God, not one thing. I got to mention this as we read in the last chapter. If a person hears the gospel and believes it, they will be saved. If they don't, they will be damned. We were preaching in a big tent a few years back and and one night into this tent comes a young man. And he sat right smack in front of us, right there. Second row from the front in the middle. And he never took his eyes off us. And after the meeting, he was there sitting, and I stayed there, and I went to him. I said, uh, did you understand what we're saying here tonight? This is called the gospel. This is good news for people who are sinners. He said, yeah, I understand that. And he said, I know I'm a sinner. He said, nobody has to convince me of that. But he said, uh, I thought people became Christians because of their religion. But he said, am I getting this right? That being a Christian is a personal thing between you, yourself, and God? You don't need anybody else? No 
preacher or pastor or priest. I said, you're a good listener. You got the whole thing. What being a Christian is, is a personal connection with the Lord Jesus Christ that forms what we call a personal relationship with the Savior. And we recognize that there is a real person named Jesus who lived here and died here and rose from the dead here in this world and is alive and well now. He's doing fine and he knows all that's going on and he's ready to accept any person if you will accept the Savior. Boy, he said, that's the first time that was ever clear to me. A Christian man said, um, did you understand what the gospel is and what it means to be a Christian? He said, yes, I do. He said, I understand that being a Christian means that I've heard that Jesus died for me as a sinner and that if I trust him and him alone, he will save me from hell and take me to heaven. He got on the plane. He went back to his job. I believe that young man had come to Christ because he learned that if a person repents and believes the gospel, they are saved from hell. And he learned that you could gain the whole world and still lose your soul. God is the source of the gospel, and he wants you as an individual to trust him. Do you have a personal connection with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever acknowledged your sin and your need and looked to Christ for a full and free forgiveness through his work on the cross? Can you say that the Lord Jesus died for you? Will you need to? As we've heard, you cannot gain access into heaven without salvation through Christ, and that means spending an eternity in hell forever separated from the love of God. Take this message seriously, my friend. Trust Christ today. Tomorrow may never come for you. Don't make the tragic choice to refuse God's forgiveness through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.